Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor Podcasts. They're our new partner here at the Mac Report, and their mission is to democratize audio. Anchor believed everyone should be able to have their voice heard, regardless of background or experience level. And if you've ever tried a podcast before, you know all the logistical barriers that can stand in your way. At Anchor, they aim to remove every single one of those barriers. Their goal is to make podcasting easy and fun without sacrificing the quality that every podcaster deserves. It's so easy with Anchor Podcasts, you can even create a podcast from your phone. To learn more, visit anchor.fm today. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Mac Report podcast. It's July 27th, 2020 as we record this. Today's guest is the new women's basketball coach at Merrimack College, Kelly Marone. She joined us to talk about taking the job, what it was like going through the whole process uh, during a pandemic and doing a lot of this stuff through Zoom. Uh, Her just impressions of the team and the campus and how excited she is to be taking over the Merrimack women's basketball program. Uh, Before we get into it, the audio today, you'll probably notice it right now, sounds a little different than usual, uh, as well as during the interview. My setup isn't exactly what it usually is. I'm remote today. I'm not uh, back in my home office where I got all my nice microphones and stuff like that. So uh, it is going to sound a little bit different, but it was a really good interview just talking about her experience uh, at John Carroll and as a Division One assistant and uh, how she uh, found out about the Merrimack job. You know, the Merrimack story last year, both men's and women's basketball, kind of took over the college basketball world. So she was familiar with Merrimack before the job even opened. And what I thought was really cool is, is I had asked her at one point about uh, you know, how much of last year's team did she see? How much video did she watch? How familiar is she with the players? Uh, and she had said, what, which I thought was really cool, how she had watched a lot of video before even interviewing for the job because she wanted to make sure that she was the right fit for the team. It wasn't just, uh, here's a coach looking to you know get a Division One job. She wasn't going to take the job if she didn't feel like she was the right fit to be their coach. So I thought that was really interesting and a, and a really cool answer because I don't know I don't know that you'd get a lot of that. I think sometimes you get coaches that are just looking to looking to elevate. And here we have a coach that wanted to make sure she was the right fit for the team before she went through the process. And so she was really familiar with, with last with last year's team and how they played. So a really good interview. Uh, we're gonna chat with her in just a couple of minutes. A couple of news items to catch up on before we do that. The Merrimack men's hockey team will have a new player. Uh, next year, we'll see if he's eligible next year. They still have to go through the process with the NCAA, but Wisconsin's Mick Mesner is transferring to Merrimack out of the NCAA transfer portal. Mesner will have two seasons of el- eligibility remaining once he joins the Warriors, and he's uh, currently, I think, in a process of appealing to the NCAA to try to get his eligibility uh, try to get his eligibility immediately. If not, he'll have to sit out a year, and then he'll be eligible the year after. But he's an intriguing player. Uh, didn't have great offensive numbers last year, was limited to 23 games. He had one goal and one assist for Wisconsin, but he had a really good freshman year. He had 12 points as a freshman. He was invited to development camp with the Vegas Golden Knights. He's a really good faceoff guy. Uh, led the team in faceoff percentages his first two years, and he's got a really good pedigree. He had a really good couple of years in the USHL where he scored some points. Uh, he capped in the Madison Capitals at 45 points in 60 games his last year there. He was a number five overall pick in the USHL Futures Draft by the Capitals in uh, 2017. And he was a member of the Helenka team for Team USA, uh, which is an international tournament consi- uh, consisting of some of the best under-18 players in the world. He had two goals in four games for Team USA there. So Wisconsin's had some guys 
who have kind of fallen out of favor, it seems. They lost a couple of guys to transfer this year. Uh, and obviously, you know, they're bringing in guys like um, uh, a lot, just a lot of top picks, right? Alex Turcott, uh, Cole Caulfield, all these guys that are top, you know, first round NHL picks. And I think what happens is, is you've guys got, you've got guys like Sean DeHugi who transferred to Arizona State and guys uh, like Mick Mesner, who's now transferring to Merrimack, who are really good hockey players, really good hockey players, could be top six players at other schools that just kind of fall out of favor a little bit. They fall too far low on the depth chart and, you know, they want an opportunity to play. So Mesner, I think, is going to be a really good pickup for the Warriors. Uh, and again, we'll either see him this winter or next winter, depending upon uh, what the NCAA uh, rules on his eligibility. On the football side of things, Corey Hagerman was named 2020 preseason all-conference by the NEC uh, during media day last week. He becomes the first the program's first ever NEC preseason all-conference selection. Uh, he's part of a, a really good defensive line for the Warriors that will be returning, and their season is scheduled to kick off uh, in mid-September, I think it is now. The NEC pushed back all fall sports to December 20th. Uh, and that's really it as far as uh, as far as news goes. The, the big news last week obviously was the hiring of Kelly Marone as women's basketball coach, who was our guest today. So we're going to waste no more time. We're going to get right to that interview. Uh, thanks again for listening and downloading the podcast. Remember to check out Anchor, our sponsor, uh, as well as TSR and all the other great uh, people that are sponsoring our podcast. Uh, you can find tickets to Merrimack events at merrimackathletics.com you can also there's a banner at the top of our homepage. you can click on the banner that'll bring you right to the ticket page as well hopefully athletics will be happening in the fall and winter with fans in attendance all of that though still remains to be seen in any event thanks again for downloading and listening to the show we're going to take a quick break when we come back it's kelly marone the new head coach of the merrimack women's basketball program if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain first it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. That way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one simple place. We use Anchor here for the TMR podcast, and it could not be easier. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sage, what about this stick? I like the orange in it. No, Mom, what is this? This stick is so dusty, there's no more Geno's left in it. I can take it from here, Mom. What kind of tweet are we looking for here, bud? Just a stick so I could toss sauce Chef Boyardee style. Something more apples versus buckets. Yeah, as long as I could still snipe Bar South and Sally. All right, I got the perfect twig for you. It's going to be this stick here, mid-flex point stick. Completely accurate for buy down every time. This is awesome. I love it. TSR Hockey. We speak your language. All right, joined now by the new women's basketball coach at Merrimack, Kelly Marone. Coach, thanks for taking some time, and congratulations. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm super excited that, um, you know, you're the first person that I'm talking to and and all things Merrimack women's basketball. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess just kind of start at the beginning. Obviously, the job opened up back, I think it was in March. Uh, how'd you first hear about it and, and what kind of got you interested in Merrimack College? Well, I, Merrimack wasn't a secret after the season that they had and just, you know, blasting through the door of transitioning to into D1 and um, so I think it's been 
you know, I spent some time in Newport when I was at Rhode Island. I've, I've always loved the area and, um, and had an eye on some any school that really was coming open in that um, in that regard. But, you know, to me, Merrimack is just really a familiar um, institution that I'm that I, I know I work at, I fit at. Um, you know, I, I've said it's kind of a it's a division one version of John Carroll. And, you know, I think that's important to know that you work well with the traditional values and progressive thinking of the of the college and you know that you fit with that type of student athlete so um it was just you know it's been it's a dream come true and it just i think it was meant to be awesome uh what was the whole process like i mean i guess how did you first get involved and, and what was the interview process like and and just uh yeah i guess what was that whole process like going through going through a job search i'm sure is always a little stressful and exciting at the same time but i can't imagine doing it uh, in the scenario that we're in now in, the, in a pandemic and probably doing a lot over, you know, Zoom like we're doing right now, I would assume. Well, I mean, we thankfully I had a lot of practice in Zoom um, dealing with my <laughs> team before the interview came up. But yeah, I mean, consider moving your life and never seeing the campus. Um, I did actually get there last weekend. So uh, it, it was everything as advertised, thankfully. Um, but it, it just was it was an intense process. You can feel the commitment from the administration and the committee members and just the other coaches in the athletic department that, that this was uh, an important hire for them. And as I'm sure hiring every coach is, um, you know, it was, it was, it peeled back layers, you know, there was the according portion of it and then just getting to know each other and, and making sure that our core values aligned. Um, and I'm sure it was hard for them too to hire a coach that they've, you know, never laid eyes on or seen in person. So we were both kind of rookies going through it together. And, um, you know, by the end of it, it felt like I had known these people for a really long time. Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, well, just what were your first, I guess, what were your first impressions of the campus? You said you were there last weekend. Uh, I, I graduated Merrimack in 06 and what it looks like now is completely different than what it looked like in 2006. Like it's, it's amazing the growth that's come from the campus uh, and just the, the new facilities that have been built, the new buildings that have gone up. Uh, what were your takeaways and just first impressions of, of walking on the campus? Uh, it's beautiful. You know, it's nestled into a great little community. Uh, it's, it's much bigger than I thought it would be serving, you know, what, 3,600 undergrads. It, there's just, there's a lot to it. You can, you can certainly see the, the new portions of it and uh, the historical portions of it. Um, but yeah, the growth is, is, is really tangible. And I, and as I walked around and even I talked to some of our players, I, they're really proud of, of where they've come from and where they're going. And, and they embrace the, the two kind of the new the new parts of campus and the old parts of campus as part of their story. So I just thought that was, that's unique. And, and, you know, I love that about a small uh, campus community where you just, you, you like to be a part of the story. And I was happy that our players said that. So I, it's, there's a lot to sell. There's a lot, there's a lot to like about Merrimack. I think once we get players there, it's going to be hard for them to say no. It's what I know talking to, to players, uh, you know, well, basketball players and, and other athletes in all the different sports, uh, the campus is, especially moving to Division One. the campus has been a big selling point to a lot of athletes because, mm -hmm. you know, the ones that don't want to go to the, the bigger city schools where you're spread out in all these different buildings and all these different campuses, here you get to go to a, a Division One school and play Division One sports but still kind of get that tight-knit community feel of having the campus all in one place. Yeah, I think they appreciate the fact that, you know, you may not see the same person twice in a day, 
um, but you have, you know, we're like a high school setting that they're in, but you have access to your professors and, you know, other teams and just um, a personal relationship where you're not one of many, you know, you're, you're a face, you have a name, there's a story behind it, they get to know you and, you know, you're not in a classroom with 300 people. So I think that's specific to student athletes that are looking for that, but we certainly have um, a really good selling point, not only just from a, a visual of, of what the campus is, but just everything we have to offer. I mean, every major, all these new buildings and, you know, you can just, you can feel a campus that's growing and, and I think everybody wants to be a part of, you know, paving the path for what Miramac can do. I know, obviously this is very new, but have you had a chance to talk to any of the players yet? Yeah, we, we've, I'm wrapping up my individual meetings. We've had a great zoom call. Uh, they're just, they're fantastic people. I, I haven't gotten to speak to them since um, my committee interview and that was a while back. So they, who they are as people translated in the, on the initial interview and, and, and has carried through through just the conversations I've had with them. I, you know, I expressed empathy. I said, I know you guys have been looking for leadership, but they, they've really taken on um, that piece of it and organizing themselves on their own. And I think that they have felt some growth and successes in doing that. So, you know, they found the silver lining and not having a coach and, and, and realized that they have a lot more power than they think they do and, and how they can lead themselves. Like you said, on the court, obviously, they made a lot of noise last year. Uh, both the men's and women's program did with the success they had in their first year transitioning to Division One. Is that – you kind of alluded to it, but that was a story that, that was, you know, making the rounds not only here locally, but I know around the rest of college basketball, too. And obviously, it was something you were aware of even when the job opened up. Well, everybody loves a good underdog story. And, um, you know, that's – as competitors, you, 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 you want to follow the teams that – that are making, you know, significant change. And I think that the way that both the men's and women's team came into this conference, I said, you know, I said to Joe, I'm like, man, you didn't make it easy on yourself winning it the first year. <laughs> um, I think it was just really impressive. And I, and not that people were surprised in a way that um, it, they weren't, it wasn't, they weren't worthy of winning that, but it's, you know, pretty atypical. Um, I think that, the, the nation would have been equally as impressed if they just were average in their first year in division one, but they were above average. So um, I, I think that goes back to just the level that they, of any 10 play where they came, where the colleges come from and the type caliber athletes that they were getting. So um, the work had been, it wasn't just this year where they transitioned. You could see that the groundwork had been laid in the years prior with recruiting and the type players that they were getting. So if you could talk about a little bit about your experience at John Carroll, I, obviously I think you spent seven years there uh, and there was a clear progression. I was looking through it the other day and uh, I, I think from what I read and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, was it your first year or second year qualified for the, the OAC tournament for the first time? And then a couple of years later, you'd won the tournament for the first time. So there was a clear kind of build and progression there over your time there. Well, yes, there was, um, you know, this was a school that, that hadn't, won a championship in 45 years. Um, I, I think that when I was hired, they, they were looking for a little bit more significant finishes in the OAC. Our men's program has been traditionally great and they, they wanted to invest in the women's program in the same way. So, I mean, you know how it is, it's all about the people. And I was able to have a great staff and um, you know, sometimes it's about luck too. And that first two years, I think we went 44 and 10, but 
it was a, it was a combination of the, the right type players that were, that were hungry and ready to win. And, and just like I said, luck, chemistry. And, you know, once you get a team winning that hasn't experienced that success before, they just, they want more of it. So that was a beast that kind of naturally fed itself. And then, you know, when you win off the bat like that, we almost did it in reverse, you know, typically you come in and you just, you build up into the wins, but we won right away and then took a little bit of a dip and had to rebuild and we rebuilt. And you can see that, how that um, senior class of 2019, 2018, 19, when um, we won the tournament championship, I mean, they really took on all the recruiting and just uh, the building blocks, you know, and it takes, it takes people buying in and that buy-in was there. So, yeah, we had, we had great success, but it was, it was a lot of grind. Um, our OAC conference is incredibly tough at the Division three level, but I'm happy that with where we left the program and it's now nationally known and, um, you know, there's still really good players left there and they're going to do some good things this year. Uh, how important is it, I mean, to, to kind of recruit that, that right type of player? And what I mean by that is, is once you get to a, a certain point, if you're playing college basketball at any level, you're a pretty skilled player. Uh, but I, I think it always seems to kind of take that right type of mindset, that player that just has that kind of extra edge that, that maybe doesn't take no for an answer, doesn't give up. Uh, is, is that as important as finding the, the kind of the skill? Because it seems like, I, I just imagine, you know, there, maybe there's a gap here and there, but for the most part, you're a pretty good basketball player if you're playing college basketball on any level. So are those, how important are those intangibles uh, when, when recruiting to try to find that, that winning formula? I mean, to me, they're the most important. Um, I also think it's really important to make sure that the families um, – you know, the, the key people of influence in a player's life also are on board with, with how you want to run a program. So to me, I mean, yeah, the skill level, we, we can, we can work on that, but we can't work on your character. Um, and that way, I mean, sometimes you, you know, think of, think of that, uh, that rebounder, you know, with the natural instinct to do something, it's hard to teach that, you know, so just from a skill standpoint, I know as a coach, you know, can you dribble, can you shoot all of that? But um, when you talk about the intangibles skill-wise, I, I think I look at the same thing when it comes to their personalities, how they communicate. Um, and like you said, the right fit. I mean, I think it's important to have a coach that fits at a college. I think it's important to have a player that fits with a coach's philosophy and just the, the team in general. Um, you, you know, don't broke what isn't, don't fix what isn't broken. And this team has excellent women with their head on straight that understand their student athletes and, um, and their, their families understand that too. And the culture is, is the most important part of winning, winning anything, but especially winning championships. So, um, you don't, I would never look for players, uh, to come in and disrupt that. That's for sure. Have you had a chance to look at film from last year yet and kind of get a sense of, of how they play last year? Or is that still something that, I mean, like I said, this is, we're talking only a couple of days after the announcement. So, uh, is that something that'll kind of happen over the next couple of weeks? No, I watched film in preparing for the interview. Um, and again, just to make sure that I was the right coach for them. Um, I told them I just, I would never have applied if I could could serve this this college and them in a way that, um, would I, that I know I could be successful and that we would fit together. So I, you know, this is just a, a, a special time for, for players and their families, the four years of college athletics that, you know, I wanted to, to do my due diligence and make sure that, I was going to be the right leader for them. So, yeah, I watched a lot of film and 
Um, it's like I said, it's familiar. They, I, I, I love some of the individual things they do, but just collectively as a team, I could feel through just the video, their, their underdog mentality and their fight. I mean, they're, they play like they're on fire, you know, <laughs> and um, obviously losing five seniors is, is a big thing. I mean, the addition or subtraction of one personality can totally change a team. So, you know, there's, there's always irreplaceable, just, just great people and, and players, but I think collectively they're ready to, to step up and into new roles. And, you know, as they already have been doing um, new leadership has emerged and I think they're just, they're a great group excited. And um, as every athlete is right, right now, ready to get in the gym. Yeah, for sure. I, I would imagine that's a common theme among athletes all over the country is ready to, to get out and do something, right? <laughs> well, they're asking me questions and I said, guys, you probably know the answers more than I do, <laughs> but just hang in there. We're going to get through it. Yeah. I mean, is that, does that make it a little more difficult here at the beginning? I mean, obviously uh, you want to be able to meet face to face if we can, but even then there, there's times where, you know, in the middle of the summer players might be at home, they're not on campus, but I know at the division one level, you're actually would have been allowed to, to work with players, I think a few hours a week around this time in the summer, right? Yeah. The first time in seven years I would have been able to, and I still can't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it does. I, I think, what we've discussed is that I, I don't know what's going to happen with this season. And I know you guys are anxious. And I think too, there's uh, the, the mental and emotional component of what, what the outlet of athletics means to them is something that I'm paying particular attention to. Um, but I really just wanted to give them a sense of calm and, and understanding that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. You know, we have our health, we have a lot of blessings and, you know, sports is a privilege and, um, and to just, embrace the what we're going through in a way where we can um at least improve on ourselves and and as a group even if it's just off the floor with challenges that we can do and um and sometimes that's you know often serving others and and your community as best you can but i mean we're we're going through everything we're going through the same thing that everybody else is the the difference is we're just a little bit new to each other um so you know it's going to take some time and it's a added variable but um, we were very happy. I think all of us were smiling just because the process, um, you know, finally was over and we can see each other again. So it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, uh, a hard conversation to have. We were just excited to, to get speaking, even though we can't be in the gym. Yeah. Uh, you, you had alluded to it the first time in seven years, you would have been able to, again, obviously you have a lot of experience uh, as a division one assistant, how how important is that as you kind of make this transition and how do you think that that experience will, will serve you moving forward? How important is the off is the preseason? Uh, no, 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 the experience of, of having prior division one experience, just kind of being exposed to some of the schools and knowing some mm -hmm. of the recruiting and some of the other schools and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I just finished, I can't believe it. 15 years of, of coaching. Um, you know, a lot of my old friends have reached back out to me now <laughs> Um, so I, you know, my, my whole background has been a building, a building block of just philosophies of, of things that I, you know, want to take away and some things that I would change. Um, my playing experience comes into that too. And I think that's what I shared with the girls too. I, I've always been the underdog myself and, um, you know, the, the red carpet hasn't been laid out for me as, as a as a coach and just in my profession. And I've worked at a lot of schools that um, we've had to build, you know, and it's, and develop players and, and that development is, is huge and develop leadership. So 
Uh, I mean, I, it's, I've been at this for a long time and um, I may not be able to do what I used to do at the division one level as far as physically playing, but uh, my mind is still there. So I'm ready to go. I, I'm, I'm prepared for this step. Is are there many differences? And this is, I, don't, I just don't know. Are there many differences between coaching at the division one level and, and being an assistant and coaching at the division two, II, division three level. I mean, I know there's some rule differences, obviously working with players in the summer and things like that, but uh, I would imagine, I mean, for the most part, the job's the same, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to insult one or the other. I, I think that the way I run, I ran my division three program is the way I'm going to run my division one program outside yeah. of the fact that, you know, like you said, there's some rule differences. Um, the recruiting is a little bit different, but um, the play is the, the same, you know, often there's a ball and a rim that's 10 feet high. So uh, <laughs> we have to score more than the other team. And, and, and that's the same at division one or division three. Um, you know, I, I don't think that if you're doing it right, that there should be a difference in, in how you're coaching when you're talking about working with young people and, and being a, a life coach for them and mentoring them. Um, you know, that, that, that should stay true at every level. Right. Well, this has been awesome. I really appreciate the time. Hopefully we can do this uh, again soon. Hopefully you guys are on the court soon and we can do it before, uh, before the season starts. Hopefully that's happening, you know, back around the time it's supposed to in, in, in October, November there. Oh man. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, right, well, I, I, I was going to say, we, we appreciate the time again and, and we'll definitely have to do this again soon. Yes, please, Mike. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike McMahon CHN, and you can follow the site at The Mac Reports. If you're a Facebook user, you can also find us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, bye. <laughs>